How do you do, neighbor? It's Bree and Spirits time once again. The boys have gathered around, and they're ready for you. So join in, make comments, and study with the guys as they try to study as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. Now, here's the guys. Good morning and welcome back to Berean Spirits. As I'm sure you can see, although he can't, I am not Chris. I am uh, filling in for Chris today as he is traveling. I'm not sure where he's at. I'm sure Richard. uh, Richard, Alabama. Richard can tell you over there. He's in in Alabama. He's in Alabama. Yeah. He's uh, uh, he's got one daughter moving back, and uh, he's visiting another, and you know, he's just finding a way to keep from giving me a Christmas present. That's what he's trying to do. Can you blame him? Can you blame me? Well, you know, I mean, every year he comes up with some excuse. I was going to his house. Uh, we went down, me and my wife went down to Branson. So I had to drive right by his house to get to Branson. And I was going to stop off and see him. And I, you know, I was going to receive my present that I was sure he was going to give me. And then he tells me he's not going to be there. And I thought again, you know, and I know he's watching this show. So I hope he's hearing this again. Chris is skipping out on giving me a Christmas present. Well, and that, that really, you know, I would have got him something too. Now I'm going to take back what I might have got me. Well, I stand in solidarity with Chris, but regardless, well, then you're standing. <laughs> regardless, <laughs> you're standing alone. You can't stand in solidarity though. I'm standing alone. So. Anyway, it's good to be here. I am Josh Thornhill, the evangelist with the Brookmean Church of Christ, and. Uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, Tennessee. (laughs) and we have Richard Dotson over here, the evangelist with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. How you doing, Richard? Well, I yeah, I'm good. I'm just uh, you know, a little upset about my uh, brother-in-law. Boo hoo hoo. But I'll get over it. You know, I'll get other presents. I'm sure. I'm hoping. So I'm looking forward to. Christmas coming and and uh, the family surely showing their love for me and you know one year I actually did get a bag of coal actually more than one year because you got to count you know there's been a few years when my mother my own dear mother has got me a bag of Kingsford charcoal you know so that counts as a bag of coal you know so and I've, I can't I've, say I'm surprised yeah. It's not like I'm on a naughty list or anything. I just <clears throat> you should be, but anyway, anyway. You know, Chris is sitting there making presents for everybody. Has he ever made a present for his brother-in-law? Somebody needs to ask him that. Everybody email Chris. It's cpelts at gmail.com. Everybody email him and ask him to give your brother-in-law, Richard, a Christmas present. Don't do it. Don't do Everybody it. Everybody do it. Just flood his email. And uh, that would be fantastic. I, I hope everybody does that. Don't do it. Don't do uh, it. C, no, CM Pelts. I think I gave the wrong. I got to look up that address here. I want to make sure. 
If anybody does it, I think it'd be fantastic. Well, anyway, while you're doing that, I am glad to be back. I have been gone the last two weeks. Uh, of course, two weeks ago, I was out deer hunting, first time deer hunting, and I got me a Killed. good buck. Killed Bambi. Yep. I'm going to have some good meat in the freezer now uh, yeah. with Bucky the Buck. Uh, got him, and uh, that, that's good. And then last week, I was uh, over at my brother's graduation from the University of Kentucky. Uh, he's yeah, I saw hard. that. I saw that on Facebook. He's, yeah, an he's worked hard for a long time, and he finally finally accomplished now uh he's going to be an engineer right yes what kind of engineer rate way smarter than than i am mechanical engineer now i didn't know uh, on their facebook page it showed him uh had to take an oath an engineer's oath yeah they do the oath of an engineer that's really actually a that was a really cool ceremony because um basically what they were trying to instill in these kids which i'm kind of shocked in you know 2023 that they still do this kind of thing trying to instill within them a sense of integrity and ethics that you need to have integrity to do the right thing even when it's not the easy thing or the most popular thing or even if it's not the thing your boss wants you to do because as an engineer, you can affect lives with the things that you are, are building and making and approving and such. And so anyway, yeah, he graduated and we're proud of that. And then him and anyway, I'm back, even though Chris is not. So, uh, CM pelts, CM as in Mary C as in Chris M as in Mary. That's Chris's middle name. Mary. Yeah. He's his middle name is Mary. I didn't know that mother wanted a daughter uh cm pelts at gmail.com are you sure it's not chris and michelle pelts oh come on you're getting technical anyway i guess we should jump on into our show this morning i liked my i liked my reasoning better well you 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 just stick with that anyway uh today we are going to talk about the pope and pope this is Francis. Chris's. This was Chris's idea, by the way. What to talk about the Pope? Yeah, he was the one that. Uh, even he he was out of town. Yes, that's what he does. He assigns us these really hard topics, and then he just bails. That's the kind of guy he is. Anyway, anyway we still love presents. you, Chris. By the way, we still love you. At least I do, even though you didn't get Chris uh, Richard a present. So Did he, he get he you one? What? Did he get you a present? No, but. I didn't get him one, so I can't really complain. Oh. But regardless, we are going to be talking about the Pope because the Pope has been in the news of late because he stated a couple of days ago, earlier this week, I guess it was, that he formally has allowed Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples, uh, which is a departure from... The Bible, obviously, uh, but a departure from even Catholic tradition uh, of of late. And so I guess what we're going to do is kind of discuss the Pope himself and kind of what authority he might have. It's none. Um, And just kind of discuss that kind of thing and what the Bible has to say about the Pope in general and his willingness to allow same sex couples or bless same-sex couples uh, within the Catholic Church. 
So, Richard, I'll allow you to start off if you would like and yeah. uh, begin with some of the things that we're going to talk about. Well, I don't really understand what a Catholic blessing does. I'll be honest with you. But uh, two years ago, the Vatican, which is where the Pope's at, had said that God cannot bless sin. Absolutely. And, it, and uh, they were right was, about that. And, and it was a controversial 2021 decision based on this article that I am looking at. Uh, so now this is a departure from that. Uh, he made a declaration. It's titled the Fiducia Supplicants. And it just basically means, it to, and I'm just kind of summing it up. They can bless uh, a, a same-sex couple, but they cannot bless a same-sex marriage. And why the difference is, I'm not sure. But as Josh and I were talking, you know, before the, uh, now, now, you, you know, if you're listening to this, you got to remember also, uh, Josh and I, neither one recognize the Pope as having any authority at all Amen. within the Lord's church. And we'll, we'll talk. That. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. But needless to say, uh, that's the viewpoint we're coming at it. And so, the only reason we're talking about it is because the Pope has so much influence in this world. Uh, we both look upon him as a false teacher. And so because of the influence he has on this world, you know, we have to look at the things he does and, and, and point out the, the things that he says and does that are departures from what God has instructed in his word. Because with this document, what he has done he has uh, put himself at odds. Of course, he was already at odds, but uh, he is, uh, on this particular issue, he has set himself at odds with uh, with God. Absolutely, he has. Um, and I guess to, to start, uh, we can uh, go uh, into the whole pattern of the church itself. Um, because... If you look at the New Testament, uh, you don't find any concept of a pope anywhere in there. Um, you have, and, and if you look at history, you find that we didn't have, and despite what the Catholics will tell you, we did not see a universal bishop, a pope, until about 606 A.D. Um, and I have a, somewhere down, down there, I have a, um, what do you call it, a, a book that somebody had put together. And I believe it was about 596 AD. There was a man who usurped that title of universal bishop. And there was a letter that was written to him rebuking him of that uh, from a Catholic of some sort. I don't remember who it was or where, but anyway... Uh, about 10 years before we have the first universal bishop, the Pope, uh, one man usurped that title and was rebuked by many for, for doing so. Because it is a departure from the New Testament pattern. Uh, it, it, I guess we could start in Ephesians chapter 1 um, and Colossians chapter 1. Uh, but if you look at the the Paul's discussion of the church in both Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1, we find that there's only one head of the church. 
and, and that is Jesus. For example, in verses, well, beginning of verse 20, and talking about Christ, the the strength which he worked in Christ by raising him from the dead, seating him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so Christ is the head. Christ is ruling over his, his body. Christ is the one who has the authority over his body. And it's not the Pope. The Pope has no authority. And by the way, you find, I, I believe, I haven't really done a whole lot of study into the Catholic Church, but I believe that they say that the Pope is an extension, an earthly extension of the head or of Christ. Uh, but that's not, that, that's nothing found biblically. There's nothing in the Bible that would indicate that. Um, what you do have, as far as the pattern is concerned, is you have, I guess we could talk about the church itself. You look at the word church in the New Testament. It simply means the group of the saved. If we were to divide creation, all of mankind, into two groups, the saved and the unsaved, we would essentially have the church. Uh, the saved are the church. It's just the, the collection of people who have been saved. And that's obviously used in a universal sense. And then there's another way in which the, the word is used, and that is in a local sense where you have a local group of people gathering together, such as I'm a part of and Richard's a part of and Chris as well and most of those who are listening to us. You have that local group where the the saved in that given location or community gather together to do the work of the Lord in that area. And that's how the, the church is used. And as far as the leadership is concerned, it doesn't extend any further than that. A local congregation is responsible for itself. And so the, the church here in Brookmead has no say over what Richard does over there in, in Kearney. And just as what the church in Kearney does has no say over what we do here in, in Johnson City. And so I think you see the wisdom of God in that. Because if Carney goes astray, then that's not going to affect us. And if we were to go astray, that doesn't affect Carney. And so the leadership that you find of the church is exclusive to a local congregation. You have the shepherds that are appointed to serve as the leaders of a group. And you find the qualifications for that in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. Uh, you find in, in Ephesians or Acts 2, Paul speaks to the Ephesian elders there, giving them instructions as to what they are to do. And that's it. They answer directly to Christ. There is no greater organization that you find in the New Testament. That's it. It's that really that simple. And so for the fact that they have, the Catholic Church does have this hierarchy, uh, ultimately leading to the Pope is an unscriptural organization, and it's not what God intended. And so, a, can, I, can I make a point? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think a good illustration of that is those seven churches of Asia that are listed in, in Revelations two and three. Yeah. Uh, if you would think that if each one of those churches that are mentioned, uh, if their decisions were made by a central 
uh, office or central person, then they all would have shared the same problems. But if you look at the the praise and the rebuke of these churches, they're different. And that goes to illustrate what Josh just said. Each one of these churches, you know, they determine for themselves, you know, how they're going to serve God. That doesn't make them right, though. What makes them right is when they choose to obey God. God's the one that sets the rules. They only determine if they're going to obey or not. And uh, as you see with those churches of Asia, some chose to obey in one sense, some chose to disobey in another sense, but they were all different. The, the, the problems were different. And so that gets back to what Josh was saying. You know, each church, I mean, I know Josh, I know what he believes, so I consider him a brother. We both share in our beliefs, but yet the church he is with in, in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, uh, has no affiliation at all with the church in Kearney. And so when the brethren at Kearney are looking to conduct the Lord's business and, and we talk about what we're doing, you know, we don't consult the brethren at Johnsonville. Why? We consult Jesus Christ. We go to the Bible to see what we need to do. And it just so happens, I'm sure it's probably the same where Josh is. And so, you know, that's, that's the Bible pattern is that in each town we see, you know, different uh, churches, but they all follow Jesus Christ. Now, in uh, uh, Titus chapter 1 and verse 5, you know, uh, Titus was told by Paul to appoint elders in every town as I directed you. And, and of course, these elders, of course, you know, these elders were not appointed over all the churches. They weren't supposed to have oversight over the church, the brethren that were amongst them. And and so, they, you know, there's in the New Testament, we see churches in different towns. And because you see churches in different towns and having elders who watch over that flock, um, we don't see any scriptural authority for those elders to account for what they're doing except for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of all these churches, and there's no there's no middleman, so to speak, or organization. Yeah, and, and an interesting thing about the seven churches in Asia in Revelation 2 and 3 is each one is represented by a lampstand. And yeah. the, the letters that were written are, is, you know, basically Christ himself speaking to the churches to, you know, either commend them for their faithfulness or condemn them for their unfaithfulness. And you know, he says, I am coming to you and I will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. That's not some higher organization. That's Christ itself, which indicates that they answered directly to Jesus. And that's the pattern that you find in the New Testament. And, and so, I mean, you do have <clears throat> the church in Ephesus receiving its letter as well as the letter to Smyrna and Philadelphia and Pergamum and Thyatira and on and on, because it can learn from the failures of its, of the other congregations, but they are independent and separate and they are judged individually. Uh, I think is, is a good point there. Yeah. So uh, I guess <clears throat> the Pope is, is, is an error simply by assuming the role of the Pope. And, and I guess that's part of the, the point that we, 
uh, we are making. Uh, but beyond that, the Pope does not have the authority to change what the scriptures say. And so when he allows priests to bless same-sex couples, which I, I don't understand, like maybe I, I just don't get it. You know, how you can bless same-sex couples but not same-sex marriage. I, I, I don't I don't get where where the difference in that would be. But anyway, I guess it's not for me to to guess. But anyway, um the the Pope doesn't have the authority to determine that. And I know that you know they believe he does, but at the end of the day, God's word doesn't change. God's word's not going to change. And it, we still find what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, to be true. Verse 9, beginning, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That is was written, I guess, almost 2,000 years ago, and it's still true today because God's word doesn't change. And by the way, the homosexuality is just as wrong and immoral as the sexual immorality, the fornication, and the adultery. And so we're not trying to just pick on the, the same-sex uh, couples for their sin. It's all sin, and it's all you know, going to lead to condemnation. And so we're going to try and help you, you know, be holy uh, regardless of what it is uh, you're dealing with. But you know, the, the Pope doesn't have the authority to change what God says. And, and this morning I was actually looking at an article. Um, I was actually kind of trying to see exactly what it is that the, the Pope was uh, saying. And I came across an article that I guess earlier today, because the Vatican is how many hours ahead of us? I don't know. Um, per Pope Francis urged Vatican bureaucrats. I don't know why the, a church would have bureaucrats, but that's another story. Um, he urged Vatican bureaucrats Thursday to avoid rigid ideological positions that prevent them from understanding today's reality. And, and I'm assuming what he means by that is that he is wanting us to be flexible in our ideas, our ideology, our theology, uh, to be more accommodating to the culture of today. And I think that's one of the biggest failures of Christianity in today's culture is that it believes that we are intending to adapt the culture or, or adapt the message to the culture. And that, that, that's never going to work. What our goal is, is to take the scriptures and adapt ourselves to the scriptures, adapt ourselves to what the word of God says. And again, no. the, the word of God's not going to change. And, and what you're describing is repentance. Yes. And that's something that God demands. All men everywhere, right, have been commanded to repent. And so we understand that's something man has to do. But what the Pope's trying to do is to reinvent it, 
so that man does not have to repent. Uh, I have an article that I have opened up here, and it describes this. It, it quotes from the uh, document that the Pope put out, and uh, this is from NPR. But uh, and this is a quote from it. It said, "God never turns anyone. God never turns away anyone who approaches Him." That that statement there is wrong. Yes. Okay, and then he says, ultimately, a blessing offers a people, offers people a means to increase their trust in God. And um, it gives a false blessing. Uh, you know, let's talk about this here. God never turns away anyone who approaches him. This gets into what uh, uh, Josh is talking about. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, and this is a, a really good passage that we really need to put to, to heart. Uh, it says, "By without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay, so now that's what the Pope's saying. Pope doesn't turn away anybody who comes to him. But now this one says there's a stipulation on this. And that stipulation is you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I mean, that, that word must, Josh, is pretty important. Yeah. And if we're going to believe, you know, according to Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we're going to have to know what God's word uh, says about God before we can go to him. Uh, it's it's just, it's impossible. We can't please God without it. And so if we're going to come to God, remember, we have to, we have to believe and that, you know, he, he, we have to believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So right there, if you go back to that article, the very first thing he puts out on that, God never turns away anyone who approaches him. If you do not approach him in faith, you're not going, you're, he will turn you away. I think that's pretty clear cut. And the only way you're going to be able to approach him in faith is to follow his instructions. And those instructions are contained in the word of God. And so I, I, if I'm misunderstanding something, somebody's going to have to correct me. But I think I'm going to have to go to the Bible and see what the Bible teaches about how I can be pleasing to God. And I'm going to have to conform my life to him instead of him conforming myself to me. Uh, what's that passage, Josh, about those who draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you? Uh, I'll look that up. But that's a good one because, you know, you have to go to him. <laughs> He's not coming to you. So uh, needless to say, this gets back to uh, uh, what was uh, taught uh, when when Paul went to uh, Athens. You know, all men everywhere have to repent. That's what was taught. And so we're going to have to repent if we're going to be pleasing to God. You may be thinking of James 4, 8 or maybe something else. But, um, you know, to your point about, you know, they, them saying that God will accept all who approach him, uh, why don't we ask my friends Nadab and Abihu? 
they approached God and they were killed right there on the spot. If God accepts all who approach him, then why did he strike those two dead right there on the spot? And in fact, if we jump to the New Testament, if you want to hear the words of Jesus himself, um, he says in Matthew 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, in your name did we not prophesy, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name do many miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Those are the words of Jesus himself saying that people are going to approach him and still be rejected. Why? Because they're not doing the will of the Father. You know, the... This sounds really weird, but the Bible, the message that God has sent to mankind is an invitation that is intended to draw some and repel others. It's like um, a mother, you know, having a birthday party for her little daughter, and she crafts this invitation that. Uh, that's going to talk about all the things that they're going to do, like painting their nails. And I don't know what little girls do at their birthday party. You know, I've never, I don't guess I've ever uh, been to those kinds of parties, but uh, it's the kind of invitation that's going to make all the girls uh, really excited. And all the boys are going to just be like, Ugh, I don't want to go there. Well, I mean, maybe 20 years ago, but I don't know about today, but anyway, you know, they don't want boys at the party, right? And so it's intended to be girls only. And so it's going to be an invitation that is meant to attract the girls while repelling the boys. And that's the message of the gospel. And the point is, it's not that God doesn't want everybody to be saved, but there are certain, there's a certain heart that God is looking for. And if you have it, you're going to be drawn by the message. If you don't, you're going to be repelled by the message. And at the end of the day, these people who want to continue in this homosexual lifestyle do not have a heart that wants to serve God. No, they want God to serve them. Yeah, they want to serve God on their own terms. I want to live the way that I want to live, and I want to enjoy a relationship with God. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It doesn't. In the same way, it doesn't allow me to say that I want to serve God and yet still continue to to drink alcohol or to get drunk or to, uh, you know, just do all sorts of, of immorality, perform all sorts of immorality and expect God to be happy with me. It doesn't work that way. It's in Romans 12, verse two, it says that we are to be transformed, not conforming to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. That right there goes directly against what the Pope said this morning about avoiding this rigid ideology or whatever it is that he said. Well, what he's wanting to do is conform to the standards of society rather than tra being transformed by the Word of God. Yeah, and I think what we're going to have to do is, is really point out the fact that uh, Paul spoke against elevating such men to the Corinthians. Uh, if you go to the first book of Corinthians, the ver you know, they had a lot of problems, but the first one he addresses, and really he goes through the first four chapters 
is thinking about men above that which was written. Mm -hmm. And you would think the Apostle Paul would be someone that, you know, he would be trying to accept praise and things of that nature. But, you know, Paul even addressed that in, in chapter two. He made sure he went out of his way to make sure they didn't praise him too highly, you know, because he, Jesus gets preeminence in everything. And, uh, and, and so he, he summed it all up, I believe, in uh, uh, chapter four. Um, where is that? Four, four, six, when he told people not to go beyond what's written. And, and so when we're thinking about what's written, we really have to be careful about uh, uh, putting the Pope too high on a pedestal. Uh, now, to go back what, you know, I, I want to clear up some verses here. In Acts 17, uh, when he was in Athens, that's when Paul said the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And then I think you said James 4.8 uh, was the other one that I was looking for. Uh, and that was, I looked that up. That was right. Um, you draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye to you. And the, the point I noticed from that is you draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye. In other words, you got to come to him. And you couple that with Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, you know, you're going to have to meet his conditions. Doesn't it make sense though? He's the creator. He's God. He is righteous. I'm only righteous by the blood of his son. That's it. I mean, I, I have, who am I to put myself in the place of Jesus Christ? I'm going to have to go and meet the conditions that Jesus has laid out uh, in order for me to approach, you know, the majesty of God's throne. And thankfully I can do that through Christ. But that means going through Christ means I recognize his authority and I yield, I submit, you know, I, I, I uh, put my faith in him. And so aside from that, I can't go to Jesus Christ. And any man who puts himself in a position to where he can make declarations that conflict with what Jesus has already declared, then I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to listen to Jesus. I'm not going to listen to a man. And that's all he is, is a man. Now, I challenge anyone, if they disagree with that, I challenge anyone to provide me some scriptural authority that shows that the Pope has authority. Show me anything, because everything that I believe Josh and I have talked about, we can back up in scripture. But those who may disagree with me uh, and Josh, you know, if you do disagree, let's don't get upset with one another. Let's just find the authority, find the scriptural authority that gives the Pope you know, the, the, the ability to do what he did, because it's just not there. Now, I want something, a scripture that comes from God and not some book that comes from, you know, the Catholic Church. I want, you know, something from the, the scriptures that are approved by God. And if you can do that, then we can work on something. But until then, you know, the whole basis of our understanding has to be from the word of God. Uh, that, that I just don't know any other way to do that. And if I'm going to have to give an account of myself before Jesus on Judgment Day, then, you know, I'm not going to want to 
call evil good and good evil. Isn't that what they did? I, that Isaiah, um, uh, right here, Isaiah 520. Yeah. What are those who call evil good and good evil? To me, that's exactly what the Pope is doing. Who put darkness for light, light for darkness? Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter? I mean, that's 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 what I see taking place. And so we're going to have to make sure, at least I want to make sure that I don't do that because, Josh, I'm going to give an account for that. And mm -hmm. I, I, if you listen, I'm not going to put my soul in the hands of another man. You know, if, if I lose my soul, it's going to be because of a decision I made based on the Bible. Uh, and, you know, not because I blindly followed somebody that everybody says has authority. You know, show me the authority. If a policeman knocks on my door and says, open up in the name of the law, I'm going to want to see the badge. You know, I want to see his authority to order me to open up my door. If Josh knocks on my door and says, Richard, you open up the door. I'm not going to open up the door. I mean, just because Josh says to do it. I mean, I would because I know Josh. But if he just says, you have to open it up because I order you to do it. Let me tell you something. That would make me mad because he doesn't have that type of authority. And so likewise, when anybody tries to bring us a message and say that it is authorized by God, make them show the authority. Because with what the Pope did, there's no authority for it. Not from the scriptures. I mean, I wouldn't knock on Richard's door. I'd just go right in. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned James 4, 8 there. Um, what's interesting is you you mentioned the first part of the verse, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I was reading the, the rest of it. And he, he describes how it is that we do draw near to God. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and cry, and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. That's the means by which we draw near to God, by coming to him and, you know, without uh, trying to, not trying to, to continue in sin. You know, we turn away from sin if we want to draw near to God. And, Again, I think we're kind of wrapping up here, but you find, I do want to emphasize again, we're not just picking on homosexuality. Uh, we would be doing, the, well, uh, we would be saying the very same things if the Pope just came out and said that they were going to bless all fornication or they were just going to bless drunkenness or they were going to bless... Uh, bitterness in people's hearts, or they were going to bless whatever sin. All sin is the same. And you know, the Pope doesn't have the right to say that any sin is okay. And that's what he's done. That's exactly what he's done. Uh, which, again, I think there's inconsistency there where he can bless the same-sex couples, but not the marriage. But uh, you know, there's inconsistency. If you can bless one, why not the other? But uh, regardless, sin is sin, and it's going to keep us from from drawing near to God. And so our goal is to purify ourselves. And of course, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so what our goal is, is to surrender ourselves to the Lord, to submit to him, to allow him to cleanse us, to wash us of sin. 
and to make us pure and whole again. Obviously, that first takes place through baptism, where our sins are washed away and we're raised up into newness of life. Uh, and then we begin that life of faithfulness, of service to Him. And that's what we're trying to do in our own lives, and that's what we're trying to help others to do, uh, is just to, to turn to God, submit to Him, and, and be faithful to Him uh, in, in all things, and to allow Him to reign over us and not again not listen to the the words of some man and as a, a final point to that um i would say you know we we as richard pointed out we don't want to put our hand our soul in the hands of some man like the pope and that includes our own too don't put your soul in the hands of our words be like the Bereans. That's the reason we're called, this show is called the Berean Spirits. Be like the Bereans who search the scriptures to find out whether the things that we are saying are so. And if we're wrong, we'd love for you to tell us because we want to do what's right. We want to be faithful to the word and to the Lord. And so if there's some way in which we've misrepresented the scriptures, please tell us. Uh, but we believe, uh, based upon you know our understanding of the scriptures, that we're just proclaiming the words of truth and that's all that we want to do and if we find that uh, some way we're not doing that we'd gladly uh, make our correction to that any last thoughts richard seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling that's what i was thinking of when you were when uh, you were making your uh speech there so yeah no i think we kind of covered it and um uh, you know, I, I hate it when these kind of things happen. I mean, it bothers me that the the Pope gets listened to, but, you know, the Bible talks about seeking out teachers, you know, having itching ears. Mm -hmm. And there are those who have itching ears. And so he's definitely somebody that's going to scratch it. Because the next step is that he's going to condone, they're going to, uh, I guarantee you, the next step is to bless same-sex marriages. This just opens the door. It does. Yeah. And so um, if you want to receive eternal life, don't look to the Pope. Look to the Word of God. Look to Jesus, the author yeah. and finisher of our faith, uh, the, the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, Hebrews 5 and verse 9. And so that's the only place that we can go to uh, inherit eternal life. There's salvation in no other name, Max Ford and verse 12 says. But we thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope that this study has been beneficial to you. And if you have any questions uh, about anything we've talked about, you can reach out to us. I, I believe, what's the email address? Breedandspirits at gmail.com. Is that yep. it? Yep. Uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to us or at our uh, Facebook pages for our personal uh, congregations. Our, oh. Or the congregations we're working with. You don't, you don't know this. We are now, we put this in podcast form, not just on Spotify and Google Podcasts, but we are on Apple as well as uh, Amazon Music. So if there's any and we're other, also on Apple and Amazon Music. So yeah. And if, and if anybody has another platform they want us on, let me know. But uh, yeah, we're, we're at, we're out there. Um, I need to get up. I got to go. I'm waiting for the Amazon guy. I'm sure Chris is sending his present to me in the mail. So I'm going to anxiously await the Amazon man or the FedEx man and get my Christmas present from him. 
You do that. You do that. I'm gonna go watch. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, we want to continue to faithfully serve the Lord and, and follow his word. And we want to help you to do the same. And so we look forward to the next time we will not be meeting next week because of, uh, the holidays, the holidays. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully I'll be back to be after the new year. And so have a good holiday and, um, happy new year. Yeah. See you next and year. Lord willing. We'll see you next year. Yeah. In the meantime, Well, folks, that's all for today. Don't worry. Lord willing, the guys will be back next week for another Bible study on Berean spirits. Until then, let the guys hear from you. Drop them some email at bereanspirits at gmail.com. They'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep studying that Bible.